In this podcast, I will be having conversations about where our experience of life comes from. My goal is to support GPs in the overwhelming job that they do. The good news is that you can hang up your superhero cape and let go of needing to be everything to everyone. So this morning, I'm talking to Phil Hathaway, um, a coach with the Inside Out Understanding. And um, Phil, do you want to tell our listeners a bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the short version because I do have a tendency to ramble. Um, I guess the audience here, I gather, are mostly GPs. And in the same way that a GP's job is to get people back to health, I see my job as getting people back to mental health. And, and I don't say that as a, I see, pe- I see my job as having to fix people and add things into people's life. I help people get back to who they are. I help people to free themselves of um, beliefs and ideas about the world and about themselves so that they come home to who they are. And the word that I like is then they thrive. People, people when they're free, people when they're in their mental health, they tend to thrive. So that's my job, to wake people up to that. Sounds like a fabulous job. It, it has its moments, but yes, it is. A, it is. It is a wonderful job. It's, it's. It is a wonderful experience to watch people. To watch people struggle, and then to watch them to wake up from that and taste what it's like to to be free of that. It's it's it, it's a it's a privilege to to witness that in people, and I love it. Yeah, that was the word that came to my mind listening to you was privilege. And I've often felt that during my career as a GP, actually, that it was a great privilege to be with people on their journey to recovery. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I, before I I got into this line of work, which is now 20 years ago, I was also, I also owned a gym. I owned a gym for 20 years. So it was a similar process and that, you know, it was a privilege because I got to watch people come into the gym, you know, and they'd be all nervous and they'd be sort of, it's in quotes, you know, sort of unhealthier or again, in quotes, overweight or insecure even, you know, about the body. And then you'd watch them wake up. You'd watch them six months later, they'd come down to the reception and they'd be all smiles, you know, and they'd be looking fitter and healthier and younger, you know. So, so for me, it's been almost like 40 years of, that's how it feels of watching people wake wake up and become more healthy mentally and physically. So yeah, a a, a privilege through many years. Yeah. Fantastic. And Phil, you, you're just going through your own physical recovery journey at the moment, having been laid low last week with COVID. And how have you found that, um, that the inside out way of thinking has helped you to deal with the loss of control when the virus kind of just takes over your body and there was nothing yeah. to really do about it. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine you can tell from the little bit of a grout, <laughs> uh, croakiness in my voice that I've just recovered from COVID. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it did, it did help a great deal actually, because it, it allowed me, it allowed me, to allow it 
to take its course. So, so it was, it was just a sort of, okay, this is it, and this is what's going to happen. Let me just chill out. Let me just relax. And, and, and essentially, that's what I did. You know, there was no, no grouchiness about it, no fighting it, no, you know, I have to have to get over this quicker. It was just let this take its course. Um, until, of course, as we were talking before we recorded this, you know, that um, <clears throat> as soon as I had my two days of negative testing, the first thing that came to mind was, okay, let's get back to the gym. And, um, <laughs> but again, <clears throat> I do like to think that it, it, it is this understanding and play that I got, I got to the gym and within five minutes, my body let me, knew, let me know that this is not the right time to be in the gym. And, and I knew to listen to that. So rather than think, right, I'm going to struggle through this and I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself on the treadmill for 20 minutes, no matter what, you know, I stood off the treadmill, I sat on the floor and I stretched for five minutes and then went home. You know, so, so I, I think it's allowed me to listen. And, and in a way that's a metaphor for this type of work too, because not only does it allow me to listen to myself and my body and what my wisdom has to say about what's going on, but in this work, it allows me to listen to other people, to listen to what's going on with them, to listen to how they understand how life works. And, and to, 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 to know that with somebody, you have to listen. So, so that's something that's really been helpful through the, the COVID experience and life in general. Yeah, yeah, and and that's really really helpful when it comes to kind of living with something, however temporary it's going to be, that just takes away the sense of you know I can get on with my life, I can do my work, I can whatever. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the whole experience of the pandemic has been. A really interesting one for me and my colleagues in terms of at the beginning everything just stopped when with the lockdown general practice was just kind of locked mm. down <laughs> and very few people actually contacting uh, the surgery because you know <clears throat> they knew they weren't going to be seen for a cough and a cold or a sore throat or something so yeah. <laughs> and in fact unfortunately there were people with serious symptoms who weren't contacting their GP either so there was this kind of horrible calm if you like at the beginning and then when things started to open up again all that pent-up yes. demand just kind of broke on the shore of general practice <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah there was a feeling of being under siege and and patients yeah. really frustrated because they couldn't just walk in to the practice in the way that they <clears throat> previously and so would like to see Dr. Bloggs. So there's yeah. been a lot of of upset on both sides. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> even though you say that you 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 yeah. reminded me of a um you reminded me of a, a client that I had probably, I don't know, probably four months ago, um, a GP actually. And um, she come to me because um, stress in the workplace, too much workload, 
overwhelm. And um, we'd arranged to have the call, but she couldn't make the call. So we'd moved it back a week. And then the following week, we had we had the first call, which I call a connection session, where we just get to know one another and find out what's going on. And she was okay. She, she, she wasn't what you would call an overwhelming stress, and she was actually okay. And she said, it's funny, she said things seem to, it, this, this week at work has funnily enough been really sort of more more settled and you know i've been i've been okay in myself and so you know i i asked you know i got the coaching 101 handbook out you know and i said well what do you make of that you know how do you think that's come about and then and then she burst out laughing because she realized that at the weekend her daughter had told her that she she was getting married she'd become engaged so there was this sort of wonderful weekend you know there, you know my daughter's getting married and she'd gone into work and she told her work colleagues you know oh my daughter is getting married and so she was in a, a different frame of mind yeah. now it was the same number of patients it was the same gp practice experience it was the same harassing in quotes patients coming in you know making demands that they make but she was not affected by that but she hadn't spotted the link that her state of mind had changed the whole experience she hadn't spotted that until on that call, I didn't even have to say anything. She just burst out laughing. She, oh my God. And I said, yes, that's what this, that's what these calls are about. Yeah. That, that fact that we can fall into the belief, the idea, the concept that all of this thing is causing my upset. All of this stuff is causing me to feel overwhelmed. And they're states of mind. And if they're states of mind, then they're malleable. And of course, when you fall out of that, I'm, I'm going on now, Joe. I'm sorry. This Please is, do. This is, this is me. On a, I'm on a roll now. <laughs> but when we, <laughs> when we fall out of those, <clears throat> um, what you could call contaminated states of mind, and, and we feel freer and we're in clarity, then we do tend to know what to do. Or if there is something that needs to be done, then we'll tend to do it rather than shy away or. Uh, or become angry at a patient or lose it with a work colleague or something. We're, we're, we're different people in different states of mind. And it's wonderful to know that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's, it's remarkable to know that. And, and I hear so often from other people with this understanding that it is just one thought away. And actually yeah. it is. Yeah, but not easy to see. Yeah. not easy to see and that's <clears throat> forgive me that's the um i think that's the skill of the job to be able to help people to see that for themselves because it, 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 it we are blind to it we are one thought away yeah. yeah i mean even i don't really i don't really want to use ukraine as an example but I know for a fact that there will be people in Ukraine that for the first time in their life have fallen out of their anxiety, have fallen out of their repetitive merry-go-round thinking, mm. and have tasted their well-being and their resilience, and have realized that they can help other people, that they are not their thinking, that they do have the capacity to step outside of the small world that they thought they were in and, and do something but, but it doesn't take it doesn't take a war for us to know that 
No, that's true. And sometimes it's hard to imagine somebody in that situation with all the horrible things that are going on around them actually being able to fall out of that anxiety. Yeah. And yet clearly they are doing and they're fighting back in a situation that looks impossible. Mm. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Isn't it? And uh, I think of them as, for the first time, knowing their well-being. That's how I, that I think, oh, my God, it's a shame that it's taken this for a lot of people to know that. But that's that's available to all of us. That's that's who we are at our core. That is our true nature, well-being, clarity of mind, peace of mind. That's um, who we are. Yeah, and talking about Ukraine makes me think about the people who've been through and are going through horrible trauma in that situation and thinking that actually it might seem as though that trauma is you know will take them years to get over and you know they'll have to be in therapy for whatever but actually that's not the case is it really that's that's not the case no and sometimes it it excuse me it frustrates me when i watch the news and And innocently, you'll hear a reporter say, you know, this person is this, this person is scarred for life. They're never going to get over this. And, and it sort of jar, it jars with me. And I think how that's not based on any sense of reality. We do get over stuff. We, we are resilient, but we do not need years and years of therapy to get over something that happened in the past. It's just not based on any on any truth. No. And it's a story, though, that's really pervasive in society, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I hear it all the time. I hear it on, on a daily basis. You know, I've, yeah. been through, I've been through this and I've been through um, therapy for 15 years. And Phil, Phil, why is it that you say that you know, on your website, you, you tend to see people for three to eight sessions. That just seems a little bit, you know, wacky to me, you know. And, <clears throat> but people do see it. People, people, yeah. Because when you point people towards truth, towards what's true, I, I guess they have the choice to push it away. But most people don't. Most people, we 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 want to be around things that are true. You know, we, we, we even watch it again. I'm sorry, I'm ending up talking about Ukraine again, but even even hearing about what's happening in Russia with the media, how the the state is not pushing what we see to be true. And that feels very uncomfortable, doesn't it? I mean, I know it happens in in the media all the way around the world, even here. But when when you see it so blatant, it's uncomfortable and you want to run from that. And we want to run towards truth. That's what that's what that's what is appealing to us. What is true? Yeah. And there's something about knowing deep down inside with our inner wisdom what is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing that there are a lot of people in Russia listening to what's being said in their media who know what very basic level this is not true 
even if they didn't have relatives in Ukraine who were telling them a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there but for the grace of God go I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind um, of... We went, we went, we went on a, um, a sideways path there, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and that is fine. I mean, get, that's what's going on in the world at the moment. And that's what we're hearing. If, I mean, every time I turn the radio on, I'm hearing this stuff. And actually, uh, talking about listening to the radio, I, I, I'm an unashamed radio fool freak. Um, uh, earlier on, I was listening to one of these tales from the past of someone who's been through something really incredible. I can't remember the name of the program. And I just came in halfway through, and a guy talking about he was an entertainer on a cruise ship, a Greek cruise ship. Mm -hmm. um, sailing from London to Durban in South Africa. And the ship started to go down one evening. And the crew, the senior officers abandoned ship without telling anyone. And captain <laughs> was wandering around the pool, just smoking furiously, saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. And the two musicians and a magician actually managed to get in touch with another ship had no idea to tell them where they cut what the coordinates were or anything and and get rescue and transferred all these people onto lifeboats and other ships with helicopter things <laughs> i just I listening to this thinking how do you do this and he was he was really really calm about the whole thing and looking back on it he says well yeah i mean it seems really unreal now it's quite a few years ago um and at the time i, I don't know what happened but i just got on with it yeah i mean <laughs> yeah you could say at the time he he fell out of his thinking he fell into something that was deeper something that knows what to do when we don't meddle with it yeah. Which is which is what we hear all the time, don't we? When people are in, even when people are in accidents or something, you know, they they just get on and deal with what needs to be done. And they they always say things like, "Time stopped." Yeah. I didn't think about it. They even say that I did not think about anything. I just did it, and because that's that's the that's the intelligence within us when we're not using our little pea brain that's <laughs> always trying to figure things out. Yeah. yeah it's just getting on with it yeah. yeah i don't know what i don't know what the moral of the story is maybe get the train <laughs> <laughs> but not london to south africa i don't think that one's going to work but... yeah i don't think so, so <laughs> maybe get a plane <laughs> yeah that was uh yeah that it's a really interesting th thought that a suspension of thought is what allows us to be our best kind of um oh, what's the word I, I don't know really but to do our best in a, a really tricky situation <clears throat> yeah but the, the, <clears throat> what i've seen about that though is it is in tricky situations but we we don't see that that's happening all day no all, all day we're doing the best that we can, all, all, all day that we, we're moving through from waking up in the morning to going to bed at night, we're, we're, we are in that 
deeper knowing. We are in that wisdom all day. It's we, we, we temporarily get pulled out of it by thinking. So it's almost the opposite. We spend most of the day okay and in our well-being. And then we, we recognize our thinking and that's what we focus on. So it isn't that it takes an accident or something terrible for us to be that because that is who we are. That is, that is what is living. Is that's, that is life. That is life. And I, I guess that is a really good explanation for what's going on in the day of a GP when, you know, exactly into one phone call after another, seeing patients face to face, listening, making a decision kind of every 10 minutes, really. And, and actually not doing it on automatic pilot exactly, because there's a part of our brain that's thinking through what we're listening to. But plugging into our intuition in terms of what to do. Yeah. And not even thinking about that, just doing. Yeah. Because that is our nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? It's, isn't it cool? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, waking people up to that as a truth. Yeah. Rather than an idea or another psychological approach or another belief system. But seeing it as true. Yes. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because so many of us have gone through so many sets of beliefs and um, yes. psychological explanations for like yes. the universe and everything. This is, this is coming home. This is coming home. nature of mind, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we still get affected. Which is again, even I just think that's cool too. Coming home doesn't mean that we turn into a mantra chanting angel and just live this life of bliss. We get affected. Yeah. But, but when we get affected, we tend to know that we're being affected, which is different. It's, that is a different experience. That is a different roller coaster. Yeah. And also, when we remember, then we remember that that's all we need to do is remember. Yeah. <laughs> We sound clever, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we're lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. And that just reminded me that it is so often the laughter of recognition that brings it back. And you and I have had lots of conversations, Phil, when you've been coaching me. And the thing that I've enjoyed most, that I enjoy most, I think, is the fact that with insight comes laughter. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't yeah. it great? Yeah, that, that's made my arms tingle. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, you know, that, that, that arm tingle, get, that's like my body's way of saying, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I get that when I'm often when I'm with clients, I get this tingly feeling. I go, oh, I just said something that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right, laughter is remarkable. Laughter is remarkable. And you can laugh when you're free. We don't laugh when we're in our insecurity, when we have anxious things. We we just don't laugh. But when we are free of that, how could you not laugh? Yeah. That's a good point. How could you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the face of adversity. <laughs> still laugh. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. just true. 
I'm sure I've heard that before. Laughter in the face of a <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's a book title, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And if it isn't, it should be. It should be. <laughs> the next book. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what your message would be in in kind of a summary really for my GP colleagues in terms of getting through this really difficult time in general practice where you know not only are the patients getting frustrated and angry but politicians and the media are also uh, giving us a hard time in public mm. and people are w working their socks off thinking why am I bothering when all I'm getting is you know, criticism from every side yeah that's that's a difficult one to come up with a almost because I know that the time is a what's it here almost to come up with a, a soundbite sort of oh just get over it so you know it's because I know that that's not you know oh just get over it darling you know <laughs> um make like a pair of curtains pull yourself together that yeah one. yeah I I don't I I'm I'm reluctant to 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 cheapen because their experience is their experience because that's how they see it and for someone to then say, well, you've just got to come home. You just got to come home to your true nature and then you'll figure it all out. When they're in that, is, is, is not, is, isn't going to wash. So if I could say anything, it would be remain curious. Look to see if there's another, another level of consciousness, another way of looking at something, another way of getting home, another way of falling out of thinking another way of falling out of judgment, another way of loving people, another way of finding a quieter mind. Yeah. But it does, still doesn't sit well with me to say that when I know that people are listening that are going through it. And it does take a conversation. It does take sometimes time for people to, to see something that's meaningful to them. Yeah, that, that um, makes perfect sense, Phil. Yeah. And is so much more real than any kind of any of those trite soundbites that you were talking about. Yeah. And I would certainly um, encourage any of my colleagues to look for someone to talk to yeah. in, at this time, even if it feels like they don't have time, especially if it feels like they don't have time for that. Yeah. But they need to take time out to sharpen their soul. Yeah. Yeah. If people, it's not easy to hear this, but if people see that overwhelm is a state of mind, yeah. there's hope in that. Yeah. Because if it's a state of mind, it's not permanent, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It will pass. Yeah. This has been a, a truly lovely conversation, Phil. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? It's nice to. It's just, it's just nice, isn't it, to just talk. Yeah. 
aimlessly with purpose. <laughs> yeah. I love that, aimlessly with purpose. It feels to me as though we've fulfilled our purpose for this morning. So I want to say yeah. a huge thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah, me, me too. I've loved it. It's been, it's been fun. Thank you, Phil.